<sighs> you ready for this? You got your energy up? Yeah, I mean, I got, you know, whatever. You yeah. got something going, I guess. I right? got something going. All right, this is Rage Against the Pod. This is the weekly Rage Against the Machine podcast where we get into a different song and we every week? dissect yeah. it. Every week we do that. We dissect it. We get into the nitty gritty of it and we have a good time doing it. Or most of the time we do because some of the songs are. Uh, my name is Tyler. Whoa. And way out there, hundreds of miles away, way out there in the ether is Jeff. Uh, go to iTunes, go rate, review, and subscribe to us in there. Follow us on social media uh, at Rage Against the Pod. And, um, you know, tweet us there and then tag the band members and get their attention and let them know that we're here and to be on the pod with us because that would be fucking rad if we had one of them on the pod. <laughs> right? That'd be cool. Yeah, that would that would be cool. I'd be very, very... It would be, it would be interesting. I think the coolest people to be on the pod would either be B-dubs or Zach. They'd be the most interesting, I feel. Yeah. Yeah, Because Tom agree. is just... He's so full of himself. I don't think he yeah. could have fun. And Timmy C, I don't know. He could be cool. I just don't know much about him. Yeah, he, you know, he's kind of the quiet one. Yeah, that's very true. They're like a boy band, you know? Like Zach's oh, yeah. like the... Zach's the Nick Carter or the JT, the Justin the Timberlake. JT, yeah. mm-hmm. That's all I got. That's all? <laughs> Tom Rello's JC, you could say that, right? I would say I would say Tom Rello is more like Lance Bass because Lance Bass did want more, but <laughs> never got it. <laughs> and as far as looks were concerned, like Lance Bass was easily right below JT. Yeah, especially yeah, when so. especially back in the day when JT had those ugly curls. Like Lance Bass was light years ahead of him. Oh yeah, he was much better looking. Well, arguably, yeah, like arguably, Lance Bass was better looking than JT. Just wasn't marketed that way, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. You're right. Absolutely right. All right. Well, we, yeah, we're, we're Rage Against the Pot. If you don't know, we're doing uh, what, what song are we doing, Jeff? Uh, I Snake Charmer. That's right. We're doing Snake Charmer for Rage Against the Machine. This is uh, off their second album, Evil Empire. Uh, this is what I think the fourth track on the record. This is uh, definitely a deep cut. And uh, yeah, let's just get right into it. What are, what are your initial thoughts on Snake Charmer? Or, or why why did we choose Shakes? Wow. Why did wow. we choose Snake Charmer for this week's episode? This was a, this was a request. This was a fan request. Somebody reached out one of the one of the rap pod heads, and they asked us to do Snake Charmer because, for whatever reason, they wanted us to do Snake Charmer, and so here we are doing Snake Charmer. We are. Thank you for li- thank you for leaving the comment on our iTunes account for that. We appreciate it. Thank you for the review. Thank you for the rating, the five star rating on iTunes. It's greatly appreciated. So we do this for you. So there you go. We're doing Snake Charmer. Uh, what are your initial thoughts on this one, Jeff? Um, I forgot about this song too. I mean, in the if we're not because I do remember this song because we just did on our other podcast a rage thing and we listened to all of their music. But prior to that, and this week, this is another kind of forgotten track for me. Um, never really gave it a whole lot of a lot of attention in in the recent years, 
And I think that's mm-hmm. also stemming from the fact that Evil Empire has now fallen to my bottom list of <sighs> the least best Rage albums. Even and like, it's unbelievable. It's not unbelievable. Below, it's, rene- it's, below it's, Renegade. It's, it's very it's very believable because it's it's actually fact, and that's that's what's happening. You think this record is better is worse than Renegades? That's crazy. I just don't think it's as good as Renegades. Yes. Oh my god. Yes. Correct. You're so correct. You're dumb. Correct. That's just like a dumb thing to say. That was not a dumb thing to say. That's actually a um, a very not dumb thing to say. Oh, <laughs> 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 well, when I listened to this oh, the first damn. time, I was uh, I was uninterested. I was I just thought, wow, oh, there's another one again. Last week was it last? No, last week we did. Yeah, no, last we did. Well, it's, it hasn't been released. Well, no, it has been released. I guess by the time this comes out, but roll right. Okay, we did. I, roll I, right. I was kind of whatever's about that one. And at a first listen, I was kind of whatever's about this one too, and I just thought like, man, this is gonna be another one. We did two in a row that are just bleh for me. But subsequent listens, I it grew on me better, and I I like the weird pacing of it. I like the the kind of jerky riffage. And if you hear me sniffing, I have I have a bunch of these like scented markers that Kaylee uses, and they smell really good. This one's blueberry. So you're just like smelling markers and yeah. probably getting a little bit high. Can you get high from these like children mar- markers? Maybe, maybe not because I don't think they're toxic. Right? Wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't the toxicity of a marker toxicity be the thing that makes you sick? Of our markers. <laughs> I knew you're gonna do something <laughs> stupid like that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what my initial um, initial reaction was at first. At first, it was kind of like whatever's, and then I listened to it again, got a little deeper into it, and I realized that this song is um, it's a good one. It's a good song. A banger, some would say. Some might say, in the context of rage, n- yes, this is in like the middle area. It's not one of the worst, not one of their best. It's in the middle for me. Oh, huh, interesting. Yeah. interesting. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, uh, Snake Charmer for me. This is uh, th- for years. This is my favorite song off of Evil, Evil Empire. Uh, maybe a couple of years ago, Vietnam took the number one spot, but this is this is number two for me. That I've always loved this song. This, this song is your second favorite Rage song, off of this album, off of off of Evil Empire. This is the second best on this one. Wow, and that is um, stupid. <laughs> but it, it it's top ten Rage. Snake Charmer is top ten Rage. <laughs> Again, that is stupid. <laughs> it it doesn't break the top five, but it's the top ten for sure. Top ten Rage song right here. Snake Charmer, it, it's a solid song, man. It has that 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 nasty sound and heavy bass line, and just Morello is just going. He's all not all over the place, but he's just ma- making some wonky ass noises, and then he comes in heavy with Timmy C, and then you know you have B Dubs right there. You have B Dubs with that. He's ju- he's showing off. He's showing off, but still keeping the beat, just like in Vietnam. He 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 knew how to keep the beat and still give it its own character and i i think that's kind of why i like vietnam and snake charmer so much and they're my favorites off this record because those are the these are the two times where he really kind of kind of shows off his chops a little bit which i i like a lot who b-dubs yeah b-dubs yeah well i mean the album starts off with with b-dubs showing off i mean not the album the song starts off with b-dubs yeah yeah. showing his chops and then he uh he also fades out with zach and Mm-hmm. And besides Zach's like last couple of lines, the last thing you hear is that kind of broken drum roll from B Dubs, and I think that's fantastic. Yeah, it's it's great, man. Uh, what, what do we want to talk about? What else do we want to talk about musically here? 
There's oh, no guitar there's... solo, really. Well, it's kind of a guitar solo, but not really. Uh, so there's a couple of things though, right? For for the I guess for the music, like I said earlier, this 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 is kind of weird because it is kind of choppy. It's it's a little bit, it's a little bit strange in the way Morello's playing it. It's it's still rhythmic, but mm-hmm. it's it's almost not. I guess if that if that makes any kind of sense there. Like he he can, he plays like a lot of off offbeat notes. If that I don't know. Is that a thing? Like, like as he's strumming, he'll also on the upstrokes he'll hit something else, and that's where the high note kind of comes in. Yeah, the high note. It's almost like a like a ska thing or like a reggae thing. Yeah, but, but with like also, you know a bunch of overdrive. But coupled with that beat, this is a very hip hop sounding beat. Very yeah, much. it is. And with that little high note there, that's that's also something in hip hop you hear a lot. It's just like a random high note that'll continue throughout the song. That is, it's not necessarily in the offbeat. It's just on the latter part of the beat. And so it's a little it's a little bit weird. And I like that. And then a lot. he and then he like pounds on the those power chords that da it's it's so bouncy. The song is super bouncy, but it keeps that heaviness which a lot of a lot of bouncy songs don't do. It's it's a really weird song stru- not structurally but just it's just a weird it's a bizarre song. So one of the and it, one yeah. of the things that I kind of I kept thinking about was this song reminds me a lot of Tire Me but slowed down. Yeah. And if you go to like the the after the first chorus that solo bridge thing mm-hmm. and then before it kicks back in, in Tire Me it kicks in with a drum roll and here it yeah. kicks in with a drum roll but it's very slow and it's more of like a beat roll. But Tire Me is a short song, short fast. This one's kind of longer drawn out. Both both songs are very similar. At least for me, they they were very very similar songs. They are, and I I thought I I've always thought the same thing about that that drum part, that drum roll back into the or back uh, going into the second verse. I've always thought the same thing too. It's it's like very much like tire me. Like you would almost be in, in in Snake Charmer, you're almost waiting for that drum roll to kick back in, and because it doesn't, it's like you're just kind of like left like at the edge of your seat, like leaning into it, but it doesn't happen and. <laughs> I like that. Like they're still keeping us, still keeping us surprised. But the, he does do the drum roll into the second verse. But it's not but like the tire me drum roll where it's, no, it's no. leading into a faster part. It's it's more like a, it's it, it is still a drum roll. Yes, because the the focus is on like the snare drum roll. But yeah. it's more of like it's incorporated into a beat. Okay, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. And it, I guess it is kind of convenient that Snake Charmer is right before Tire Me. Yeah, that is kind of. I, I didn't think of that. I didn't make that connection until right now that the slower version of essentially, like you said, Tire Me is right before it. But then it also kind of leads in more into the fact that maybe you could put Snake Charmer and Tire Me into one song, Tire Me Now. We've already discussed, but Tire Me being like the I'm tired part of the two-part song because it's faster and now they're they're done with it. And the, the way this kind of like bleeds out to the interested in you part and then going into Tire Me, I think is fantastic. It's such a good transition. It's so fun. It's so rad. And so <laughs> listening to both of them back to back elevates both of the songs to like a higher degree than if you listen I, to them absolutely. individually. I think you're right, man. Two part. You hit baby. the nail on the head. You hit the nail on the head. That's what you did. That's what I did. That's what you <laughs> All right, let's get into the lyrics here. Okay, we got the first verse. 
what, what what are your thoughts on this? What do you think this one is kind of a, kind of about the first verse? This one it kind of threw me off. Like the very first part of it, the satellite part, mm-hmm. I, I didn't quite know what to think of this. There's a couple of things that I that I kind of wrote down that I thought. Um, one, the satellite trying to symbolize that the problem that he's going to be talking about isn't strictly an American problem, but a world problem, as in the satellites looking at the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing is it's, it's, it's kind of symbolizing this huge microscope that is always on the populace in that like we all have tabs on us from the, from the government or whatever global body you believe is controlling us, and we're being constantly conditioned and being watched by this thing we can't even see, and this thing that we don't even know is there. And the last thing is I think it's kind of to also help identify that we have the capabilities to go to space, to put men on the moon, but we can't even provide in the next line, this dude, a place to sleep. Eh. And like, how fucking sad is that? Like, how pathetic is that? So those, those are like the three things I was kind of going back and forth with. Because that first line is, is uh, it's deliberate, but it's kind of like, it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. Yeah. I I actually have a different viewpoint on it. I was I was confused as well with that first line. I I couldn't figure out how it was related to everything else, but eventually I I kind of thought I interpreted I interpreted the first line where he, like you said he says satellites and pair of mirrors. I I saw, saw that as the satellites are there because essentially this entire song is about polit like the corruption of politicians and how they they constantly just they tell us how they're for the people when in actuality they're not. They're, they're essentially just a bunch of liars. So the first line to me is, are the satellites picking up the the video image of, say, the president uh, speaking to the people, and then the pair of mirrors are, the, the say, the president or the politician looking at himself to make sure he looks good and he's presentable to the people. And that's kind of what I got from the, or that's kind of how I've in, how I interpreted interpreted the first line. And then as you go f- deeper into it, you realize he's a, the politician that that he's speaking about is very kind of narcissistic and just a cruel person and doesn't care about the people. And this is this sets all of that up. It sets up his narcissism or the politician's nar- narcissism on that. Like for that's sure, I, I, I totally think that like the last four lines or the last lines are directly or they're directed towards politicians in their shitty ways. It's that second yeah. line that threw me off was the man without a home part. Mm-hmm. But even like going off of what you were saying that maybe that's that's also true cuz like these politicians they don't they don't have a people even though they say they are for the people. They don't have a people. They're not like us. They're mm-hmm. not they're not born like us. They're not raised like us. They're always they always have money. They're always in power. So when they say, I'm for the middle class, I'm for the lower class, well, you don't know what it's like to be middle class. You don't know what it's like to be the lower class. You don't know what it's like to be anything but rich. Yeah. And so I think the man without a home could also be politicians too. Just like they don't have a home. They're not real people, essentially. They're, they're, they're fake, shitty snake charmers. And, and I mean, a snake charmer it's him itself is, is kind of a misleading term because I didn't know this until this week, but a snake charmer, I always thought like snakes were like hypnotized by the sound of the snake charmer's little flute thing. Yeah, that's what I thought too. But the snake's just following the flute, not the noise. Snakes only have like like good ears. They're just following the like the noise or the, the look of the flute. The 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 oh. downward part mo- the downward most part of the flute is the closest thing to the snake. And it sees that as a threat 
And so that's why it follows that thing. And most mm. of the time, these snake charmers, they, were, they, they, they remove the fangs on these cobras and these snakes so that they can't even bite them anyway. And they sit just far enough back to where if the snake did lunge out of that little basket that it's in or out of whatever it's in, yeah. there's a good chance that it not even hit the snake charmer. So it's all smoke and mirrors anyway. These snake charmers, in, <sighs> that, in that sense, it looks like it's a really dangerous thing and they had these snakes trained, but they don't. It's they a joke. don't, yeah. Ooh, that's good. That's a good one too. Yeah, I I always thought that they're like hypnotized somehow. The snakes <laughs> I know, are stupid I, or something. I don't know. I thought it was a noise thing as well. Wow. Okay. Uh, and then, but see, then the third line with a horse and a rider. I don't understand. What do you got with that? I I saw that, that one like, stands out to me. I saw that like dating back to like maybe even like the medieval times. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's as far back as I go. So if you have a horse, then maybe you're, you're <laughs> automatically richer than other people type of thing. I don't know. Uh, yeah. That's it. That's all I got. Yeah, I don't know. That, that, one, that one did confuse me the most in the end. I couldn't figure out what that one was about. And then the next line is, or I'll, I'll just go through the rest of it because then it talks more specifically about the politician. But, uh, and a clever, cunning killer, silent in air and vocal in spotlights, lying always, sucking on a bottle of that sweet, indulgent fluid. Oh, greed, oh, yes, oh, greed, oh, yes. I love, I love the lyrics on that in this first verse. It's, it's great. It, it, it directly calls out what politicians do. They, uh, what did I write in my notes? They, it's whenever good. something, whenever something bad happens, they just, they ignore it until it goes away. So that problem goes away. But the, the moment a politician does something right or does something good for the people, that's all they talk about. That's the only thing they focus on. And they, they, they constantly bring that up and they constantly like try to instill that into people's minds. Oh, I did this good thing, but don't, but, but, but forget about all the, the shitty things I did. And I think that I like rings that. even more true today with what's going on is, is policies that politicians have, have put into place Mm-hmm. when they go bad, they don't say anything. But then when yeah. it blows up in their face and people start rioting, then it's time for change. Mm-hmm. And it it's not until, I mean, it's not the death of what's going on in the world. It's not the death that is causing the change. It's the, it's, it's the people saying, no, fuck that, we're done with it. That is what's signifying the change, which is going back into that that realm of, you're not sorry you did that action. You're sorry you got caught. Mm-hmm. that type yeah. of that type of mentality and these politicians now they're changing like police policy specifically that you can't do x to a subject because it could lead to y but mm-hmm. they're not doing that because it killed somebody because if it's already killed people yeah. they're doing it because people are finally fucking fed up with it so they're not they're not sad that you know it, it somebody died they're just sad they got caught they're just sad people are mad at them now yeah, they're sociopaths. That's, that's what politicians that's just gross. are. Oh yeah, it's worse. It's totally worse. It's disgusting. Politics is in general is just disgusting. No matter what side you're on, it's just disgusting. We need like it's gross. We need like Killer Mike to run for president. <laughs> Dude, Killer Mike is so cool. Under that plat, under that name, under Killer Mike. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Oh, Killer Mike's rad. Dude, that new Run the Jewels album's great. I still got to listen to it. You still, oh, dude, what is I going know, on I with you, I forgot about it until right now. Oh, <laughs> it's so good. I love it. I love it. 
Although I'm a little bit, I'm a little disappointed at Zach's contribution to it. It's good, but it's not like compared to everything else he's done with Run the Jewels. This is like my least favorite moment with him in the in the group. But it's still it, overall, it's a solid record. Um, but anyway, uh, we got anything else to say about the first verse, or you want to move on to the chorus? No, yeah, that's it. Okay, all right. What do you got for the for the chorus? Uh, the chorus. I mean, the chorus is. I I feel is it's um also straightforward. I like it because it's 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 not only pointing out like the uncertainty of people in power and their so called friendships that they have, you know, because because he also points the finger, or, or also because he also points the finger at us, and kind of like breaks that fourth wall thing, like that sometimes you see in movies and plays. Where now he's talking to us, and that that's also going to correlate later on in the song. But I kind of like that he's talking to me, like Jeff. He's talking to me specifically, because <laughs> because he says you a lot, right? In his songs, yeah. he says we. But it's it's more of like a rally cry. It's not specific at any person. Where I feel this is specifically to the listener, to like one person. And it's what I kind of get too is that he talks about how. This is like a reference to politicians being fickle and shady, and they how the, they'll just stab anybody in the back as long as it serves their own purpose. So they'll do whatever it takes to to rise higher within the political ranks, and they just don't care. They're they're fucking insane, and I feel like they're calling that out. And then, like you said, I agree with you with Zach. The the last three lines being you or wait, what did he say? You yes, you that is directed at the audience saying that you essentially do the same thing by, by supporting these same politicians. Like you're doing the same thing. Like say you're, you're a Democrat and you, you oppose all these things that the Republicans are doing. But then once a Democrat is in office, you agree with you, you agree with, you still don't question. You, you don't question. Yeah. You don't question anything. You, you believe that everything that for the most part, everything the Democrats do or democratic candidate does is right. Right. It goes both both ways, so I feel like he's calling out he's calling out the hypocrisy of the people as well, which is a nice touch. I also like that a couple lines before that that twenty six years, mm-hmm. where he's kind of kind of uh, talking about himself in the, in that twenty he's twenty six at the time he wrote the song, mm-hmm. and the fact that that twenty six years in the stage isn't isn't like a like a full blown lyric. It's kind of like a background lyric where the music's playing. And so it's it's intermixing it the song right it's it's not like in the front yeah. of it, and I think that's that's kind of him coming to almost a self realization that he's twenty six like what the fuck have I done, like what am I going to do I'm twenty six now I'm a grown ass man, and all I do is write like these little songs but I don't do anything, and so like maybe specifically this song that verse, is where Zach realized that he doesn't want to do this anymore specifically the music he wants to do something but he knows. But the music isn't really doing anything. And maybe this could be the start of the end of Rage Against the Machine. That's deep right there. But yeah, you could be right. Right? Because it's like in, it's in the background. It's kind of quiet. Almost like he's embarrassed that he's 26 and he hasn't really done anything with his life. Even though it's crazy. Even because, though he has. Yeah, because he really has. <laughs> but to him, like just to want more. And even that goes into his whole, like the American dream thing, right? The American dream. You always want more. You always want to do better. And then verse two really dives into that. And yeah. so I, I think that I think that all correlates and just solid so, so solid songwriting again by Zach. That's great, man. Especially after the kind of shit show that role right was. 
dis- how disappointing that yeah. that song was lyrically. That was that was surprisingly disappointing. Yeah, it was shocking because that's a rad song, but yeah, his lyrics, man, they were just lackluster as fuck on that song. But anyway, let's uh, let's get into the second verse. You touched on the American dream. That's essentially what this entire uh, verse talks about and the bullshit idea of the American dream. Like it doesn't really exist, but people still latch on to it. And he just he kind of breaks it down a little bit, a little bit throughout. But I thought it was great. This is a this is a really cool verse. And I wrote down three different ways that the word father could relate to Zach, to the song, to everybody in general. The father one being like our country, the, the fatherland, or, you know, because you can't call it the motherland because that's too close to another motherland. But the father, <laughs> like our country, our founding fathers, <laughs> our forefathers yeah. that we always talk about, they pass these expectations on to us to, you know, go to school, get a job, live the dream, baby. But it's yeah. unattainable. And then just a general father figure who tries to impart their wisdom and, and help us to make each generation better, but always kind of end up leaving us with these unrealistic expectations, thus going back into the American dream, Mm -hmm. unattainable. And then the third thing was his actual father, right? Who we've talked about his actual father, who he had a very strange and very broken relationship with, and some of the lyrics here directly relate to that notion, both literally and symbolically. Like yeah. literally the whole soaked and spit and urine, like the guy was squatting. So his clothes were probably actually soaked and spit in urine. And <laughs> I didn't like, think about that part, but that makes sense. And yeah. like the same, the, he says to a sanctuary that's as fragile, that's a fragile American hell. The sanctuary being like, his mind that he kind of lost his, his dad. I'm speaking of his dad. His dad mm-hmm. lost his mind and maybe his dad didn't lose his mind. Maybe his dad realized that the, all these expectations of him were completely unattainable. So the only way to escape these expectations were to quote unquote, go crazy and then stay in his mind, his sanctuary. That's as fragile as everybody's American hell. But we, we choose to ignore that. We choose to ignore the actual difficulty of attaining what everybody thinks is the American dream. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that last thing with his dad, though, I, that's, that's a, great, a great viewpoint on it. I didn't, I didn't think of it that way. I thought of it the other two ways I had already thought of. But yeah, his, his directly relating to his father makes it that much more deep if that's what he was going for which you know honestly i think he was because like we said he has talked about his father before what song was that we talked about his dad uh, oh, shit. Not subtle. It was, we, we do a lot of songs i don't know uh, it was the one right before settle for nothing i think no that was clamp down it wasn't clamp down looking for the clamp down looking for the clamp down ah oh, what song was about his dad that's funny because because also like part of the american dream is to eventually work for the clamp down and <laughs> And fuck everybody else. It's oh, weird, man. And uh, and like like you said, you know, kind of jumping on the the born of the a American broken dream man. thing was that. Oh, that's what it was. You're right. Yeah, there you go. But not a broken man. Song. <laughs> <laughs> right, go ahead. <laughs> but yeah, you know, most people, like you said, most people they can't. They're never able to attain the the ideal American dream. But the ones that do attain it they're they barely they're barely able to maintain that and it's just it's an it's it, it's like almost like a what am i trying to say it's it's like a useless 
it's a useless thing to go after because you never you never actually find it and it sucks because like media portrays like the american dream and like that's how we should live but nobody fucking lives like that like you see all the way back from the 50s like sitcoms from the 50s through like the 90s this like nuclear family or not even just that just i don't know man it it's shitty how we're we're constantly manipulated and just right there just it's gross it's really gross and politicians they don't help cuz they're in it for themselves it's 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 so damn true and it's oh it's so relatable just like everything that's going on and and it's 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 just insane to me that our country is now probably going to elect one of two old rich douchebags i can't mm-hmm. i just can't Tyler, yeah. i can't and w- and one of them who can barely form a proper sentence cuz he's so senile it's gross it's so despicable and gross. Can't, but can't, can't change anything. It. Can't stand it. All right, let's move on to the bridge. The bridge here. What what do you got for the bridge? Uh, see the bridge. I kind of, I kind of, um, I almost thought that the bridge was him just giving up and saying, you know, like forget about it, like get all those dreams out of your head. And he says, vomit all ideals. Mm-hmm. So like, just get everything that makes you you, you out of your body, get rid of it all, and just fucking go to sleep. He says, don't don't just think, just wake and serve, and like just just be done with it. Just just be the sheep that you're gonna be anyway. Almost yeah. almost is like I'm fucking done. I'm done with you guys, because the outro kind of also does that too. The outro starts off strong but ends with him just kind of fuck it. I'm done with it. I'm over so it. You could just hear him giving up. Yeah. yeah. Like I've told you once, I told you twice. Fuck off, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the bridge for me, I, I kind of got. You know, it's the person saying, you know, just just don't think like you said, but just do as you're told. Don't question anything, and and it kind of and he kind of brings up too, like he kind of vaguely not says, well, he kind of says it, but he kind of says like this is that the actual American dream. Wake up be told what to do, serve the man, just, just all the, be a servant to everything else in life because that, it, that in actuality is the American dream. And I feel like that's how the, the bridge kind of brings everything together um, lyrically in this entire song. And I, I like that a lot because the American dream isn't what we see on TV or is what we see, what the, what the politicians say or what society really says. It's just it's just so irritating. I, I remember this story long. I don't know if it was even true or not, but it kind of but it kind of uh, correlates with what I'm saying. So it's a good anecdote. And I'm gonna fucking use it. Oh fuck, was I? I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> oh no, no, oh, it was about Steph Curry. Steph Curry had 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 Steph Curry for those overseas. He's a basketball player uh, for some shitty team up north in California, Golden State Warriors. <laughs> He, he visited some high school and he kind of told the kids the reality. He said, most of you are probably not going to graduate. Most of you are never going to get into the NBA. Most of you are never going to go to college on an NBA scholarship. And his whole point was, even though it was very kind of depressing, his whole point was like to have realistic expectations of yourself. Yeah. And, and I think, I, and like just playing baseball and like taking the kids to their baseball practices and things like that, all the, all the parents that push so hard, like you need to be better, be better, be better, be better at the cost of fun, at the cost of friendships, at the cost of just being a child or a child. Mm-hmm. 
they, they put these unrealistic expectations where these kids are never going to be the next Mike Trout. 99.99% of the kids will never make it into the Major League Baseball, so why not just let them have fun? At some yeah. point, you can probably push that further, but not when they're 8, 9, 10, 11, all the way to like 15 maybe even. And so I think our society puts these super unrealistic expectations on what success even is. And to yeah, say that you need to have a job full-time, work hard, live in a big house, have a lot of money, drive a nice car. Like these are, these are antiquated things about the American dream that don't work. And these are the problems. Like these are the reasons why we elect shitty officials. These are the reasons why our, our country's at war with itself is because these bullshit ideals that are completely fucking bogus, that are unattainable for most, completely yep. unattainable for most. You hit the nail on the head again. That's what you've been doing on this episode. Irritating. That's why I said, like, the first time I listened to this, I was just kind of, I was kind of like, whatever's about it. It was, it, that's how I talk when I'm listening to music. <laughs> and then I kind of got into a little bit more, and I was like, okay, I like this. I dig it. I dig it. I dig it. <laughs> and the outro. I, I know you kind of, we kind of touched upon, like, the end of the outro where he's kind of, like, out of breath. Or you just kind of like tired and everything. I I understand that that I understand what what you were saying there, but to me, like when you hear him saying yelling "interested in you" over and over again, I feel like that's the politician saying I'm interested in how you feel. I'm interested in your well-being. I'm interested in in society, but it all being false. So that's kind of how I interpreted that. What did you, what did you think? See, I, the first thing I thought of when he said interested in you was Uncle Sam. When Uncle Sam says, I want you, mm-hmm. that's what I thought of. Interested in you. Everybody's interested in you to do something. For me, this was a direct relation to Uncle Sam saying that he wants us. He wants me. And that, that iconic poster of, of Uncle Sam, the, the old white guy pointing his finger. So as you're looking at the poster, he's talking to me specifically, right? And we see him like Captain America and bullshit like this where... I don't know anything about this war. I'm speaking from a, a, a perspective of somebody who sees the poster. I don't know anything yeah. about war. I'm young. I got nothing else to do. You know, let's 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 see what let's see what this has to offer. Let's see what the army has to offer. You know, that whole ask not what your country can do for you thing. Yeah. It's like, no, fucker. No, we're <laughs> past that point. And so it's when straight I, propaganda. And so when I when he says interested in you, he's starting off with that aspect of they're interested in you because you have ideas, you, you, have, you have things that can contribute. You know, your, your voice does matter. Even though we, you know, I, I also think that voting is semi-pointless and useless, but your voice does matter. It does mean something. And when enough, enough of us get together and voice our opinions, then shit gets done, as we're seeing right now. Regardless yeah. if you think it's, it's, it's right or wrong, shit is getting done. Things are changing and that's great. And then as it progresses, where he constantly says, interested in you, interested in you, like as the years go by, go by, his voice, much like our voice, gets weaker and weaker and weaker and softer and quieter. And then the song ends. But now our voice is, is now becoming heard again. And I think that's cool. And then the fact that, that B-dubs is the last person outside of Zach to play in this mm-hmm. and it's that slow drum roll at the very end yeah like how how patriotic is that right to, to end <laughs> it with a drum roll it just really that is. like bugle boy fucking fort bragg bugle drum roll thing wake everybody up 
Fuck that. But then it fades out. Fade to black. Done. Oh, it's so good. Yep. And then the bass line from Tire Me comes in. Do 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 do. It's like you're going to fucking war after that, you know? So good. Damn. Dude, this record's fucking amazing. I don't know how this is you hate this record so much and that it's their worst record for you. It makes no sense to me. I don't hate this record. I just I just You said at the beginning that you hated this record. This is your this is their worst record. That's what you said. I don't ever say a band that has done nothing but pretty much good things, I would never say it's their worst. I always just say it's their least best. First of all. <laughs> That's about it for the uh for the the lyrics for this song, right? You got anything else to say? Did we touch upon it all? Nope, that's that's it for me. That's it for you. Oh, gosh. Okay, so I looked it up. I couldn't find any sort of demo. I couldn't find an alternate version of this, this song, so I got nothing there. Uh, there was not a single, so there's no music video for it. They did play, they used to play this song live, surprisingly. They played it um, quite a bit in 1996 and 1997 after the release of this record. But from what I found, I couldn't really see anything recently, like since they got back together or anything that they played this song. So, but there's some cool pro shot video back from like 97, I think it is, of them playing it, which is kind of cool. But it's also weird because there's one pro shot video I saw and the entire band is just standing there. There's like no energy. Like Tom has the most energy and Zach is just, he's just standing there with the microphone on a microphone stand and just like singing the lyrics, but he's like not moving. So I don't know if that was like kind of intentional for that performance. There's a reason for that, but it was kind of weird. Interesting. Yeah. And then uh, Prophets of Rage, uh, both versions of Prophet, Prophets of Rage never played this song as far as I could tell. Audio Slave never played it. Couldn't find anything there. Uh, but covers, <laughs> there were not a lot of covers Ugh. of anything. So this is definitely a, a deep cut. Uh, but I did find, there's this one, I know... You're a big fan of them, fan of them, Jeff, or I think you are. Now you probably not. I don't know what you like anymore. But this is the uh, the all girl Rage Against the Machine cover band called Take the Power Back, and they ended up doing this song. But are these the ones but, that scream and yell way too often? Uh, kinda, kinda. Uh. But there's a lot of like echo on her vocals, and then there's like no distortion on the guitars. So here, here's a uh, here's the. The cover band take the power back doing Snake Charmer. I don't know why it just started over, but it did. But yeah, you get the gist of that, I guess, right? It's just, it's so lackluster. That wasn't bad, though. I just, without the distortion, like, there would sound like there was no distortion. The drummer, the drummer is really good. She she plays really well, but other than that, it was just like, for such a high energy song, like, 
I don't know, man. I, I didn't dig it at all. See, she not. that was definitely in the band that was overusing the the screams obnoxiously, but she's a good screamer. She had a well placed scream there going into like the chorus part, and it was it was good. It sounded good. Yeah, it sounded okay. I guess, but um, you know, it's it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> all right, the next one I have here. Uh, it's I don't know who these guys are. This was a uh, posted a year ago. Has sixty views. It's a cover, obviously, but um, it's all in Japanese, so I don't know what any of this says. But they all look like they're probably like 12 years old. They're all like these Japanese kids. There's like four people standing in the front, and they're like silhouetted. It, it almost looks like Mystery Science Theater 3000, and they're watching these these Japanese kids playing it. And uh, and yeah, everything looks huge on them. The guitars are like the same size as them. It just looks weird, but it's, it's an okay cover. So here it is, uh, their cover of it. For a bunch of kids, ain't bad. This right? this looks like these kids asked their church if they could practice in <laughs> their like prayer room. It does. I was thinking the same thing yeah. too. But it's I was thinking like, the this same is thing. cool, man. This is this is really <laughs> rad. And you're right. This totally looks like the Mystery Science Theater like setup. Like, and like that none of them move. I don't know, man. I I do not know, but <laughs> none of them move. It's super super weird. Super weird, but yeah, that, that that's what you got there. But they weren't bad. I mean, they, they they're kids. Yeah, they're kids. What do you expect? How good can kids be, right? Yeah, that's true. Very very true. <sighs> okay, so I got two more for you. Uh, this one's not really a uh, an actual cover, but you know, I I thought you might enjoy it. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna send you the video so you could so you could look at it as well with me. This is actually a cover of "Shipping Up to Boston" from uh, the Dropkick Murphys played on the bagpipes but the person who uploaded this her name is uh the snake charmer so i, I yeah it's kind of it's kind of relevant and kind of related wait so what was it 
<laughs> so it's this girl. She plays the bagpipes, like covers a bunch of covers of with with the bagpipes, and she plays "Shipping Up to Boston" by Dropkick Murphys. Oh, but her, her name, name is, is the Snake her Charmer. name is called the Snake Charmer. So I thought it was relevant and it was kind of cool. So so here it is. <laughs> two things here one is how cool are the fucking bagpipes and second how good is this song in general shipping up to boston so one like the bagpipes in general is a cool instrument yes correct. yeah for sure i think it's a rad instrument um and i think that's a really cool dropkick murphy song for sure and they did a good job yeah it was it was fine but holy shit this was like this was pandering to to like the male demographic for sure. This is so dumb. This like was with the school schoolgirl thing. Yeah, this was fucking ridiculous. <laughs> oh, and they tried to be so like punk rock. At one point, I was just skimming through the video. At one point, she like hooked her legs on like what it looked like a streetcar, and she was playing to whoever's sitting in front of her. And I could see like everybody's hands clapping, and, and you know they're giving those cool little looks like. Like squint like their eyes real quick and nod their head yeah. side to side and <laughs> flick their hair back. Like, damn, this was dumb. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh, it made me so mad. <laughs> but this was a, this was a mashup. This was they said that it was a, it was shipping up to Boston and Inner Sandman. Yeah, from Metallica. Yeah. Why would you ruin a good song by adding a bad song at the end of it? I don't know. I, I agree with you. I, I do not know why you would do that. Kind of stupid, but in the end, it was a cool bagpipes cover for sure. Now, the last thing I have here, this isn't a cover. This is um, this is uploaded by by a guy on SoundCloud named Snake, and this is a Nirvana and Rage Against the Machine Bulls on Parade mashup. Uh, I just kind of wanted to throw this up because you know it's kind of related, and you you might you might appreciate the Nirvana song. So here it is. That was uploaded by Snake and uh, his his mashup of Nirvana and Rage Against the Machine. 
I, I like the direction. I do. At some point, this will, this could turn into like girl talk, and really good mashups. But yeah, but you you're not there yet. You're not there yet. Not there yet. Is not, it because of the Nirvana close. song he chose? No, they just they just didn't mash up well. I mean, much like hip hop artists can 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 hear a beat, hear a hook, hear something from three different albums, put them together, and it it works for them. This this guy just mashed up probably two of his favorite songs, and they didn't go that well together. <laughs> his two favorite songs, like the most generic of each band. Those are your two favorite songs from both of those bands. Get out of here. Teen Spirit and Bulls on Parade? Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. That makes sense. There, like I said, there aren't, there weren't that many covers, and they were just stupid. Not even worth playing. Not even that that, that saying that those are worth playing, but I played them anyway. Because why not? Uh, let's see here. Now we got our MVP, and then we'll finish it up, and we'll we'll, well head home. I do have one more lyric that I want to talk about. Okay. Um. So the, this lyric from Snake Charmer. Uh, we didn't really talk about that much, but I think it's good. I think this is probably your favorite lyric of the song, but uh, it goes, <laughs> she creeps up like a spider, then wants oh, you deep inside her. No, you're so she turns dumb. you into stone. They twisted little show. Why are you... St- <laughs> <laughs> I, know, uh, I know you like that I know you like that lyric I know you like that I purposely did not put the Blink song on here <laughs> Because I did not want you to make fun of my love for Tom DeLonge Oh man I listened to that song too this week because it's so. That's stupid. a good song That's a good song though The Blink song Snake Charmer <laughs> Yeah So that's uh, That's all I got there So then who's your MVP for this one? Uh, my MVP is Zach. Again. Really? Yeah, it's it's Zach. I think Zach's ability to to kind of write not only good lyrics here, but kind of emotional lyrics to where we actually kind of kind of hear Zach's desperation. We hear him kind of be fed up with not only himself but with us, the listener. And he knows, like he knows, we're not going to do anything. He 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 knows. He knows nothing's going to change. And. I think the ending to this song was was kind of that realization. I think that's I think that's powerful. But a close second would be B Dubs. I'm very surprised you like Zach so much on this one, because honestly, he was my least favorite part of this song. Not not knocking anything that he's done because well, it, Timmy he C is great was on almost it. non-existent. First of all, nah, Timmy C, his baseline was pretty pretty solid and and driving. Well, Tom was playing the same thing. He's useless. Yeah. Poo-poo-dum. But he's a bass player and he's supposed to play to the song and that's what he does on it. He does what a bass player does. Poo-poo him. Uh, but my MVP is B Dubs. B Dubs is my 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 for sure MVP on this one. Dude, he he shines. He absolutely shines on this. And uh I got nothing bad to say about his his stuff. And then runner up would be uh Morello and then Timmy C and then Zach Last. Weird, but yeah. But Zach is uh his part's great. I, I have nothing bad to say about his lyrics on this one. And his vocals, too. Vocally, he was great on this. <sighs> so, I guess this is not a top five rage for you, you said, right? No, for sure This no. is like Easily. middle of the table. Yeah, this is this definitely middle of the table. All right. Well, it's not top five rage for me either, but definitely top ten. Top ten for me. Yeah, that's crazy. You got anything else to say? We all good? Um, no. That That's it for uh, for Rage Against the Pod. Thank you all for listening to the podcast. We greatly appreciate it. 
Uh, go to iTunes, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Rage Against the Pod. And once again, thank you for listening. And that's it. That's all. Today is gonna be the day that they're gonna throw it back to you. I can't even do that song so bad. <laughs>